0: This show is made possible by Web Central, creators of beautifully effective websites and online marketing packages for small businesses just like yours. You can grab an exclusive listener deal over at webcentral.com.au forward slash Timbo. And we're also supported by Design Crowd the world's number one custom design marketplace where you can get a design you love guaranteed or your money cheerfully refunded. There's an exclusive VIP offer waiting for you right now or after the show over at designcrowd.com forward slash Timbo. Today's guest, Michael Gerber, author of the e-myth says the vast majority of small business owners are on a fool's errand. So he's on a mission to turn them, you, me, us, from being a bogged-down company of one to an absolutely brilliant company of 1,000. I think you're going to love this.
1: Successful small business owners share their souls. to take on marketing straight to the lead. Now here's your host, Mr. Timbo Reed.
0: And welcome back to another episode of Australia's Number One Marketing Show. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. But you, infinitely more importantly. You're a motivated business owner ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. And boy, oh boy, if there was ever an episode where you discovered how to do that, this is it. Big show today. Now, I know, I know I said for the last two weeks, I'll be bringing you a chat with a fellow who's changing the way we shop. But that's going to wait till next week because the opportunity to interview Michael Gerber came along in the meantime. And I've got to run with this because you and I need this information. Do you know who Michael Gerber is? If you don't know who Michael Gerber is, possibly you have been living under a rather large rock. He is the author of the E-Myth. At the age of 80, Michael has written his last E-Myth book, And boy, oh boy, is he excited about it. If you're keen to put an end to your business owning you and instead creating a scalable enterprise that you could possibly sell for millions of dollars one day soon, then you are going to absolutely love this chat with Michael. Don't go anywhere. Plus, I share another low-cost marketing idea for you to implement immediately in the, what is now the most popular segment of the show. Well, that's probably not quite true. I don't know what the most popular segment of the show is, but this one's called, What Have You Got to Lose? And we revisit a past episode in which I have a chat with Siri. <laughs> yeah, like the real human Siri. Did you listen to that one? That was quite a few, it was a couple of years ago. Hey, as per usual, there is marketing G-O-L-D, dripping, from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Coming up, I share another easy-to-implement marketing idea in the segment, What Have You Got to Lose? I'll give you a little tip. It's a brilliant customer service hack. But first, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this would be a good interview for your teenage children to listen to if you've got any. I've got to tell you, allow me to introduce you to a fellow who really doesn't need any introduction. His name is Michael Gerber and he wrote the seminal small business book, The E-Myth. Now, how's this for a scoreboard? Five million copies of that book have been sold. In 2011, The E-Myth was named the best-selling book of all time It has been sold in 145 countries, translated to 29 languages, and taught in 118 universities. His client lists include the best of the best, really, Apple, Infusionsoft, American Express, to name a few, but... Fortunately, Michael's true passion is small business owners like you and I. Uh, Inc. Magazine calls him the world's number one small business guru. How's that? Now, Michael has a dream to transform the state of small business worldwide, and he's been doing that for 40 years, and now he's about to launch his newest book titled Beyond the E-Myth. Let me read you just a couple of lines from it under the heading, great companies grow greatly. He says, great growing companies know how to replicate their success time after time after time. And by doing so, they grow, grow, grow. This book is going to teach you how to do that. This book is going to teach you how to design, build, launch, and grow your company so that it can scale, which means It can replicate its success, which means it possesses the ability to grow like crazy, or as Michael puts it, from a company of one to a company of 1,000. You are going to love this interview. Seriously, if you don't listen to it twice, I'll be very surprised. I started off by asking Michael, what's missing in the way most small businesses are run?
1: That's a great question, Tim. My answer, provocative as it may seem, is just about everything. <laughs> so, Yeah, just about anything and everything that has to be done isn't being done. And if it's being, be, being done, it's being done for the wrong reason and being done in the wrong way. And that sounds, as I say, provocative, but it is so true. So I've been in this business... <laughs> Uh, world, you might say, of Mm. small business um, for 40 years. Um, It was an afterthought. Mm -hmm. I didn't start this until I was 41. So you understand, before that, I wasn't even interested in business.
0: Can I just ask you, what what were you doing in that, that first sort of 20 years of your working life?
1: Oh, I was a beatnik when there were beatniks. I was a hippie when there were hippies. I was a poet. I was a saxophone player. I sold encyclopedias. I framed houses. I did this. I did that. I did just about everything, too. Which
0: one of those, all those things that you did, Michael, uh, put you in the best position to do what you then did with the E-Myth? All of them. Really? I would have thought encyclopedia yes. selling would have been pretty good.
1: Every single one of them. Well, you got to understand, every single... Teacher, I've had, and I've been so blessed by this. Every single one of those worlds I lived in um, were populated or led, you might say, by a master at it. So my saxophone teacher was, in fact, one of the best saxophone teachers on the planet. And he only taught um, um, guys who worked in the studios and during the time then when i was 11 um and i was born in 1936 so during the 40s then the studio guys played in all the bands and orchestras that you even heard of nobody knew that mm-hmm. but these guys just went from gig to gig to gig to gig cuz there were nobody better than them so so, so did
0: you and- have a, did you have a knack for attracting great teachers? I have no
1: idea. Did you know at the time that you were attracting great teachers? I had no idea, Tim. Tim, I wasn't attracting anything. I was just a (laughs) jerk kid who was doing what I was doing. But however it happened, call it serendipity, um, I had great teachers. So my saxophone teacher was a monster. I mean, he was just brilliant. And he demanded more of me than anybody would ever demand of an 11-year-old saxophone Mm -hmm. student because he didn't teach kids. He taught professionals. Mm -hmm. And he said at the very beginning, because I'd been referred to him by my saxophone teacher in New Jersey, whose name was Al Chesner, this saxophone teacher's name was Merle Johnston. And Al Chesner (laughs) um, riffed me in to Merle Johnston, understanding that Merle didn't teach kids. He taught prose, but he sent me up there to meet him. And so Merle said to me, my mother and my father standing there, he said, I only teach people who want to become the best saxophone players in the planet. In order to do that, you got to practice. You got to practice what I tell you to practice, you got to practice how I tell you to practice, and you got to practice. How long I tell you to practice?
0: Well, as an eleven-year-old guy, that would have been very impressionable. And did you did you find this happened in then other parts of your life where you were like maybe I people did. maybe people saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself? And I don't know. I'm don't
1: not going to take credit for
0: it, you, Tim. It, it, so when did and I, I I'm sure you've told the E-Myth story a hundred times, to- a million times, and, and but I I am interested to just understand the fire in the belly. We, we, it, you did all those disparate things, all of them not specifically related to then going and writing one of the most famous small business books ever, um, can you remember the point where you you were sitting somewhere, you were having a conversation, standing somewhere, and you've, you've just felt the fire in the belly to go and write something that's going to change the way people look at their business?
1: It didn't happen that way. Oh, I was hoping for some romantic... No, no, uh... no, 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 no. It didn't happen that way. I'll tell you exactly how it happened. Um. On my way, having completed my my um, episode, um, learning how to work with my hands. That was essentially what I'm going to stop working with my mouth and start working with my hands. So I went down and pitched and pitched and pitched and got a gig um, in a kitchen, and then I got a gig um, in a development, and then I got a and I you know kept on getting fired, fired, fired as I began to learn how I needed to do this called framing houses. And then I finally settled in, and I had this great teacher. He was actually a guy who, in his off times, worked in Hollywood. He was an absolute brilliant carpenter, mm-hmm. and in the other times when the Hollywood gig was off, he would go pick up a gig uh, running the framing uh, of a development. Mm-hmm. And so I got, I, I got, he got saddled with me. And so I went to school learning how to do that, and I became a pickup man on the track, meaning I would go around and pick up all the mistakes, the framing mistakes on the Mm -hmm. track to the point I really understood it. So I I was in Southern California. I took my young wife, and we decided we're going to move to Northern California, as far north as we could go into Mendocino County, where all the dope was, and I'd become a contractor. And live the idyllic life with the horses and the goats and, um, you know, little three acres and what have you. (laughs) On the way up there, we stopped by at my brother-in-law's house, my sister's house. Mm -hmm. His name was and is Ace, Ace Remus. Great name. Ace owned a small high-tech ad agency in Palo Alto. And one day, Ace says to me, I'm there for about a week, Mike, would you come visit one of my clients? He's having difficulty converting leads into sales. Just meet with them, see what happens. So, of course, I said to Ace, Ace, I don't know anything about high tech. I don't know anything about business. And he said, no, you know more than you think you do. Just meet with the guy, let's see what happens. So he takes me to Bob and introduces me to Bob, the owner of this little company. And then Ace says, I'm take off for about an hour. You guys get to know each other. So Bob naturally says, so so Michael, what do you know about my business? Nothing, Bob. (laughs) So, Michael, what do you know about our product? Less than that, Bob. Well, if you don't know anything about our business, you don't know anything about our product, how can you help me? I haven't a clue, Bob. But Ace thinks I can. You like Ace. I like Ace. And we got an hour to kill. So let's figure it out.
0: <laughs> so, I don't know whether you realize, but I'm... Uh, what I see there is is—is Ace is just another person in your early years that saw something in you that you didn't see, and he put you in front of Bob, and <laughs> the rest is history.
1: Yeah, and the rest is history.
0: I hope you gave Bob a signed copy of the e-myth. <laughs> yeah,
1: Ace and, I, Ace and I. In fact, we just saw each other at Disney. Who, Bob or, or Ace? My, my brother-in-law was just awarded a, a Lifetime Achievement Award, By the Disney family. Goodness me. Because Marty Sklar, that's his name, was the vice chairman of Disney Imagineering. And is the only guy at Disney who actually opened every one of the parks throughout the world. Disney Imagineering created the parks. Mm -hmm. Marty was in charge of Disney Imagineering. So we went for his celebration at Disney, and Marty was, um, and Ace was there.
0: How fantastic!
1: But I still see Ace.
0: That would have been a, a long afternoon, I imagine. A few uh, a few sherry's or uh, brandies. It was, it was it was an extraordinary time. Extraordinary time. At the start of this conversation, you said that um, what's when I asked you what's missing in most small business, you said most things. Does that leave you saying the opportunity is huge? for someone like you does it leave you feeling frustrated or saddened
1: oh no the opportunity is the biggest opportunity right. on the planet the biggest opportunity in the planet is really fixing that problem and that's why i'm publishing this mm. new book
0: so 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 that new book talks about the idea uh, it frames the it frames the problem that you raised
1: as being a company of one what does that mean well a company of one is defined in the book as a company that completely depends upon the owner. If the owner isn't there, the company dies. That re- That is representative of 99% of all small companies. In short, they're owner dependent. Um, the owner builds it around himself or herself, around his personality or her personality, and essentially started the company mm-hmm. to create a job for himself. Never thought of it that way, Effectively started the company to become Mm -hmm. his or her own boss. And they go to work, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, busy, 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 busy. That's a company of one. I'm saying the transformation will occur when you can take that company of one and transform it into an enterprise of 1,000. And the job for doing that is so clear-cut, Tim. Tim. And that's what Beyond the E-Myth introduces.
0: Before you go into the system, just exploring that company of one, is it flawed every time? Because you talk about, you know, uh, going from a company of one to a company of 1,000. Two things come to mind. One is... I think some people start a small business, a company of one, yes, because we want to be our own bosses, but because we see there's a freedom in not having to answer to someone else. <clears throat> and so therefore, they're kind of happy with that patch. Um, and, and then, of course, there's some people, and I'm, I'm guessing you use the word thousand, the number thousand as as demonstrative. I mean, you're not suggesting that every company goes and builds themselves to a thousand people, I'm guessing, but... Um, is the idea that uh, it's not for everyone, surely, this this idea from going from one to a thousand.
1: Well, Tim, actually what I'm saying is something quite different. What I'm really saying is until you truly capture the idea that I just shared with you of one to one thousand, that indeed the whole process of preparing a company for growth is a highly Um, sensitive regimen that is documentable that every single company on the planet can go through, then effectively what I'm really saying is that when you start your company you're starting your company to eventually get it ready for Mm -hmm. sale. Because there's an exit strategy implicit in starting anything. And to the degree one is not privy to, aware of, the method through which that will occur, they ultimately are failing to complete the cycle, which is a natural inbred cycle, Mm -hmm. to grow. So I'm saying that it's implicit upon every one of us to grow. Now let's not think company right now, let's just Mm -hmm. think human being right now. It's implicit upon every one of us to grow, to go beyond where I am, to discover what I haven't discovered, to search and seek out something that I'm not aware of today and ultimately can only become aware of as I open my mind. So that might sound terribly optimistic, To understand, it's only optimistic or terribly optimistic if somebody has already decided to settle down Mm -hmm. into their comfort zone. And I'm suggesting, Tim, that comfort zone living (laughs) is death. I'm saying to live in your comfort zone and to be satisfied with living in your comfort zone, means you stopped climbing. But just because I really
0: want this company of one to thing to settle, like to sink in before I get you to talk about what you call the hierarchy of growth because what if a thousand, a company of a thousand people, I speak to a lot of small business owners on this show, Michael, and one of their greatest gripes is guess what? People
1: come a, a thousand, of a thousand people. people. The management, the yeah, but understand, the they got to Tim. Right. You just got to wake them up, Tim. How? That meaning that's that's their that's their obsession. Their obsession is that growth is bad, big is bad, small is better. I don't know whether they think growth is bad. Um, I'm I'm, I'm not saying you think that. Yeah, okay. I'm saying that implicit in that relationship with the whole idea of growth, a company of 1,000, is a resistance to it. Mm -hmm. And the resistance to it comes from negative emotions. Gotcha. Not positive emotions, negative emotions, mm-hmm. meaning when I say growth is bad, any experience they've had related to growth was a negative experience. Yeah, right. Because it challenges their competence. It challenges what they've accepted as true about themselves. It challenges their comfort zone.
0: Hence the phrase growing pains.
1: Well, hence, yes. So when my saxophone teacher says I only teach people who want to become the best saxophone players in the world, you understand the guy you're talking about, I don't want to do that. Mm. I don't want to do that. Mm.
0: Sounds like a whole lot of hard work.
1: Yeah, I just want to play the saxophone. <laughs> okay, stupid, and go someplace else. <laughs> I'm not interested.
0: But isn't that where a lot of business owners start with you know they're good at something. The carpenter is really good at building houses. The guy flipping burgers makes a mean burger. The vet is wonderful at caring for cats
1: and dogs. Tim, that's a, a, a that's an a true myth, okay? That the fact of the guy is really great at it. I'm saying bullshit. Cool. I like Michael Gerber has called bullshit. What? What? But, but why? Yes, I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying he's not as good as you make him out to be.
0: Or as he makes himself out to be.
1: That's the <laughs> mythology. I'm simply saying, well, he does that because he's so great at it. Well, no, he's not so great at it. What's he great at? He's got to be good at something. Well, he probably could be. <laughs> but, of course you gotta go to school, you gotta begin to learn something you don't know, you gotta even discover to ask the questions that in fact drive you to ask further questions about this extraordinarily complicated thing called my life. Mm -hmm. So I have a a, a saying that goes along with my book, Every Life a Legacy, Mm -hmm. and Every life a legacy, every small business a school. So if that mantra that I'm using, and, and I use it very frequently, is true, I'm just saying if it's true, then effectively what's lost by not approaching your life that way? What's missing by not approaching your business that way?
0: Okay, so what is missing? Oh. Everything. Everything.
1: We're back to question one. So, so, okay. Everything. Think Steve Jobs. Yeah. Everything. What's missing? Everything.
0: Isaiah is going to say, what do you mean when you say think Steve Jobs in that context?
1: Well, just think Steve Jobs. Here's a guy who had no business starting a business. He dropped out of college in his first year. He dropped out of a spiritual search to India before he completed it. He took a job he was completely unprepared for, and he has an idea, enrolls his partner to go start Apple in his father's garage. No experience in business whatsoever, in management and marketing and nothing. And he was not the best technologist around. Mm -hmm. So the least likely guy in the world So what does he do? He sets out on a journey to create the wealthiest company on earth. How do you do that, Steve? I'm guessing he had a dream. I'm guessing he had a dream and a passion for pursuing the impossible that drove him. And I'm suggesting everyone, every single human being can go further than they've gone can find other than they've found, can produce something they never imagined they were capable of producing, but they've got to be wanting to do that. So we're not looking for people who don't want to do that, Tim. Okay. We're looking for people who are moved by the spirit of doing that and say, teach me, teach me, teach me, teach me. That's all I'm looking for. The 100,000 clients we've had. Gotcha. Um, that's all I'm looking for. And I wanna find an easier way to make it possible for them to succeed. And that's what Beyond the E Myth
0: is about. Listeners, I am talking to Michael Gerber, the author of the E Myth, and now the author of Beyond the E Myth. And um, Michael, I know you've got we, we've we've framed the problem. I think we've very very clearly clearly framed the problem that most small businesses have around the world. Ninety nine percent, as you said, you've got this hierarchy of growth, which is effectively your solution to it. Assuming the business owners listening have the mindset and are ready to implement this, this is your way of taking them from a company of one to a company of 1,000. Can you walk us through the hierarchy of growth and, if possible, time-allowing, give us a little story or example that backs up yeah, each of these I, eight I steps, I can. Please? I don't
1: think we're going to have the time for the stories to back up each. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is a four-hour interview, but isn't it? I will be glad to take you through the process. It's really <laughs> clean, clear, and simple. And it begins, Tim, in what I call the dreaming room. And the dreaming room is really the, the, the venue within which we awaken the entrepreneur within every small business owner. So you got to understand that's the end game of the dreaming room. The end game of the dreaming room is to create the platform for growth. And the platform for growth is in sync with the four very clear personalities that live within a true entrepreneur. Now, you got to understand when I say that, I'm saying that live within every human being. It's just that most of us Mm -hmm. don't develop these personalities to the degree that they can become truly serviceable to what we're out here trying to produce. So let me describe what they are. So there's the dreamer. There's the thinker, there's the storyteller, and there's the leader. So the dreamer has a dream, the thinker has a vision, the storyteller has a purpose, and the leader has a mission. The dream is the great result. Martin Luther King, I have a dream. If you listen to Martin Luther King's recording of I Have a Dream, when he first said it in Washington, D.C., to all of those people out there in that audience, when he said that, you'll immediately experience what I mean by this is missing in 99.9% of all small companies, but it's also missing in most people. (coughs) I Have a Dream. It's the great result. Mm -hmm. The vision is different than the dream. The vision is the business model that is essential for us to realize or manifest manifest that great result. So in my case, my dream was to transform the state of small business worldwide. My vision was to invent the McDonald's of small business consulting. You get it. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. In order to realize, to transform the state of small business worldwide, I had to invent the McDonald's of small business consulting. That means turnkey, scalable, um, with kids at minimum wage, not experts at high cost, kids at low cost. I had to be able to deliver something to a small business owner. Nobody had ever figured out how to deliver yet. I called it the McDonald's of small business consulting, but that wasn't sufficient. The third step is the purpose. So the dreamer has a dream. The thinker has a vision. The storyteller has a purpose. And our purpose in our company years ago was to teach Every independent small business, how to become as successful as a McDonald's franchisee. Mm -hmm. Our consumer was an independently owned small business. And that independently owned small business, I call a company of one. And I call it a company of one because it was completely and is completely dependent upon the guy who started it and owns it. It's Tim's company. It's Judy's company. Mm -hmm. It's Jack's company. Jack leaves, Tim leaves, Judy leaves. The company stops working. Why? Because Jack, Judy, and Tim are all the energy behind that small company. And primarily the chief expert in that small company. So that's the third step,
0: the purpose. Michael, can I just pause you there before we get to the fourth step? Can Michael Gerber leave
1: his company? Michael Gerber left his company years ago. Gone. Oh yeah, Michael Gerber left his company years ago. Michael Gerber always leaves his company. (laughs) But he doesn't leave his company to leave his company, leaves his company because he's built the system through which he can replicate what he has the ability to do to produce the result the company was designed to produce, to realize the dream, the vision, and the purpose.
0: The promotion of – I'm just thinking – I'm thinking out aloud here, so I'm sure you'll pull me up. I feel like I'm talking to my headmaster too, which has taken me back a long time, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> uh, Michael, you're on this call promoting your new book. I imagine the success of this book is, is dependent upon the amount of publicity that you generate – not your CEO who's in the in the hot seat now. Am I wrong in saying that?
1: Well, yes, you are. Um, and
0: I, <laughs> thank you. I'm going to call you Mr. Dyer. He was my headmaster. So thank you, Mr. Dyer.
1: <laughs> I don't mean, Jim, that you're totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. So I'm here promoting the book. You understand? I'm the chief spokesperson uh-huh. for it. But I'm not it. So you got to understand I'm not the book, and the book isn't me. The book is a means to communicate a point of view that's been created that now can be scaled in the hands of an infinite number of individuals to deliver exactly what the book promises Mm -hmm. from a company of one to a company of 1,000. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That's the system. Beautiful. If the system weren't there, Tim, this would be a fool's game. Yeah. Because all I'd be doing here is sitting here selling books.
0: Gotcha. Okay. You uh, got it? Yeah, absolutely. Dreaming room, step one. Step two, vision. Step three, purpose. At that point, we're teaching um, all small business owners how to become as successful as a McDonald's franchisee. That's a very clear purpose. Is step four, mission?
1: Yes. Step four is mission. So the first is the dream. The second is the vision. The third is the purpose. And the fourth is the mission. My mission at the Michael Thomas Corporation was to invent the intellectually congruent system that was absolutely critical for us to be able to go out and say to a small business owner, let me show you how it works, let me show you how it works, it works so you don't have to, a business development system. So I could then recruit, hire and train relative novice coaches. To deliver that turnkey system, which then was called the Michael Thomas Business Development System, to deliver that turnkey system to every single company of one on the planet.
0: Uh, Michael Thomas, by the way, uh, sorry, that's a name you've just introduced to me. Michael Thomas is the name of the company that delivers the e Is that right?
1: Michael Thomas was the company I first founded in 1977. Who is Michael? <laughs> I'm digressing here. Hi, Michael. Who's Thomas? Thomas is no longer with us. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, okay. So Michael Thomas, two guys. Gotcha. To
0: tell me, uh, just to be clear on the mission. So that mission is where the rubber hits the road. It is. Got it, it. is got it the
1: how? How are we it's going? The how. Mm, gotcha. It's the how. It's the what, the how, the who, that. Yes, it's everything. It is the mission. It's the absolute clear content. That is absolutely critical if we're going to realize our dream, our vision, and our purpose. Each of them dragging along the question, well, how are you going to do that? 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 You understand that the dream, we're not concerned about how. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the vision, we're not concerned about how, other than the great how, McDonald's. At the purpose, we're not thinking about how, we're thinking about what. We're going to produce this result for every single one of our independently owned small business clients worldwide. Now we're at the mission, and the mission is to develop the how. How we do what we promised to do in a way that will enable us to do it better than anybody's ever thought it could be done before. Mm. And when you see that, you understand why that is so critical as the platform for any company that's going to go from one to 1,000.
0: Michael, before you take us through the other four steps, um, the way you've described those first four is crystal clear. I Like, I get it. The penny has dropped for me. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Hallelujah, says Michael. Finally, we've got to Tim. If you get to Tim, you can get to anyone. But, but, but here's, here's the thing. Um and i'm i'm an ad guy I originally spent 10 years at bbdo and you know i've i've sat through branding workshops core values okay, workshops yeah. you got it right yeah. and and i think i have a bit of a bad taste in my mouth when i hear things like visions and missions and core values you haven't mentioned yeah, core I don't values believe it. okay <laughs> b- because you roll up to for uh won't even let's not mention brands but you roll up to head office and on the wall at reception uh, is their mission statement <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I fell asleep. Right, then um, right. I'm back. I'm back. Um, Thank and you. and it's 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 motherhood statements. It's lip service. And I, yes. my question is, you've, this I, isn't. I know it's not. But it, well, the questions are not, and nor are your answers for your business. But how does the vet or the the plumber? Or whoever's listening to this that goes, I want a company of a thousand, but how do I get such succinct answers to those big questions, those first four steps that Michael's posing?
1: Very, very simple. You go into the dreaming room and you come out whole. (laughs) Now, understand everything's a process, Tim. If we hadn't created a process for all of this, it would just be phantasmagoria. It would just be rhetoric. <laughs> it would just be empty speak. It would just be more of the same. This is anything but more of the same. As you've experienced, and I know you have, when you talk about small business owners, you know who speak about the e and speak about Michael Gerber. Mm-hmm. You know the profound impact it's had on those people. Mm-hmm. Those are the people we're looking for, Tim. Rock. We're looking for the people who respond to what I've said from their heart, from their imagination, from their passionate desire to go beyond where they are. If they're not those people, we can't have mm. or make an impact on them, just
0: can't. It, it, what you're saying is you've got to go in with the right mindset. You've got to walk into that dreaming room, which sounds like a wonderful place, by the way. It just, I'm seeing cotton wool and marshmallows. I don't know why, but you, <laughs> you, you know... Blood
1: you, and guts and- <laughs> And fighting and arguing. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay, but you've got to go in with the right mindset.
1: Yep. But understand that if we haven't spoken to that individual and um, created the right mindset, the grounding uh, for the conversation, then shame on us. hmm Yeah. So understand nobody's sitting out there saying, oh, grow me, grow me, grow me, grow me, grow me. Hmm. Nobody's doing that, but let me give you a perfect example. You said, give me an example. You're familiar with the company Infusionsoft. I am. Yes, so the boys at Infusionsoft, the founders of Infusionsoft, the executives of Infusionsoft, came to me to participate in a Dreaming Room. This is about six and a half years ago. And one of them, Scott Martineau, came to me before it started and he said, hey, Michael, we know e we believe e-myth. Systems thinking, man, I'm telling you, it's the greatest book. It's a, But what's this dreaming stuff? So Tim, essentially, he's saying, I see it as pillows and muffles and, mar- what did you call it?
0: <laughs> Marshmallows and cotton wool. <laughs>
1: right, right, all that. He said, we don't need that. <laughs> we need to figure this out, the operation of what we're doing. And I said, Scott, shut up, go sit down. Hmm. And when we're done, in two and a half days, then come up to me and tell me what happened. Well, that's what happened. The rest is history. The rest is history. They say, Clay, um, Scott, all the boys at Infusionsoft, mm-hmm. say three things have contributed to the profound impact we've had. Growing from a company when they walked into the dreaming room, very, 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 very small to a company today doing a hundred million plus in revenue, with thirty-five thousand clients worldwide, with close to a thousand people employed on its way to becoming a billion dollar company. Hmm. But understand, when I met them, they had no idea that's what they were going to do, nor would they even agree that's what they were going to do.
0: It's lucky you said at the start of that meeting that you just all you wanted was 20% of the company.
1: Right. <laughs> you, you do understand. You do understand that I'm not expecting that in quotes, small business owners, oh wow, yeah, I want to get to 1,000. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that. Of course they don't. They look at me like I'm crazy. But that's the game.
0: That's the game.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm okay. That's the game. The game is wake up. Now, I'm not somebody who's selling a bill of goods. I mean, I've worked with the best of the best of the best of the best of the best. I've applied my mindset to millions of small companies around the world in 145 countries. So I'm not just some guy saying whatever. I'm the Peter Drucker of small business. So when I say this to you, you got to understand this is not only possible, it's absolutely probable hmm. that if you were to get it, that's all, just if you were to get it, something you've never expected to happen will happen.
0: Oh, Michael, I love that. How's that from a, a song from the big chair, I call that? That was wonderful. Okay, let's get well, I'm conscious of time. Uh, step five of the hierarchy of growth.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the four steps in the process of creating a company of one to a company of one thousand. The first step is called the job.
0: Can Can I just be clear here? Because now I'm I'm just I just uh, I'm a simple man, Michael. Uh, is is the hierarchy of growth eight steps or are there two lots of four steps?
1: Four steps. So
0: the first step.
1: Well, understand, was, it's eight steps. It's eight steps. We just finished four. Aha! Uh-huh. So this is really step five. This is step five. Go. Yep, it's called the job. Now understand, we're going to take our company, our company of one, and we're going to separate the company into two parts. I call them Old Co, capital O L D, capital C O. Uh-huh. That's what you do today. And New Co, capital N E W, capital C O a blank piece of paper, and beginner's mind.
0: Nice.
1: We're not going to go to work on old code. We're going to go to work on new code. Mm -hmm. We're not going to fix broken businesses. We're going to create new ones. So hear me. Now we've got separation, got it? One part of your attention is on Old Co. Yes. That's where you're making your money. That's where you're making a living. That's all the stuff you're doing, 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 doing. And one part of yourself is focused on New Co. Call New Co the enterprise to become. Mm-hmm. And so when we go to work on New Co, we're going to start at the very beginning. Now, oldco is over there doing what it's doing. You're not going to spend a lot of money on it. You're not going to spend a lot of time on it. You can just allow it to do what it
0: does. Battling along, killing the owner. Yeah. Okay. So then we've got co, which is basically a, a white canvas, right? The job is your product.
1: Mm-hmm. But you understand you're designing that product to serve whom? Your dream, your vision, your purpose, and your mission. So the platform isn't for old co. The platform is for new co. Mm-hmm. I now have a dream, I now have a vision, I now have a purpose, I now have a mission. Now I'm going to create a client fulfillment system. It's what I'm going to deliver to our most important customer that's going to transform the state of whatever they do in a way they've never expected before. We're going to design, build, launch, and grow our client fulfillment system so that when I'm done, it's turnkey.
0: Nice. You got it? Yep. You got that? Yeah, I have. That's taking it from being a job to a whole new company that is less dependent upon you, the owner, right?
1: Of course. Hmm. Because until you turnkey it, you can't hand it off to anybody else. Mm -hmm. So what most often happens in Old Co is they want to fix Old Co, but they don't want to fix Old Co to the point where the owner isn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't want the owner there anymore.
0: He's getting in the way of him or he or she's getting in the way of herself.
1: Yep. He's getting in the way of impossible. Yep. Yep. So the job, client fulfillment system, turnkey, see the manual, see the book, see the binder, see the steps in the process. This is how we do it here. This is how we do it here. This is who we are, built, done, proven.
0: This is the whole, the whole system, the whole blueprint of how we do things around here that relies on A number of people, not just the owner.
1: How you do client fulfillment. Client fulfillment is the product you sell. Mm -hmm. If you're a chiropractor, client fulfillment. If you're an attorney, client fulfillment. If you're a graphic designer, client fulfillment. If you're a copywriter, client fulfillment. You follow me.
0: Yep. Got it.
1: Whatever it is you're going to deliver, we're now about to design, build, launch, and grow it so it's scalable. Step six. The next step is called the practice. So we go from the job to the practice to the business to the enterprise. The practice I call the three-legged stool. Mm. The practice is actually the franchise prototype. The practice is three legs, lead generation, lead conversion, together client acquisition, and the third leg, client fulfillment. So we're now going to go to work on client acquisition by creating a turnkey lead generation system and a turnkey lead conversion system to provide the optimal number of clients that our client fulfillment system needs to flourish, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. One, just one guy, just one guy, just one practice, just one coach, just one yeah, right. consultant, just one graphic designer, just one, you follow me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do.
1: Lead generation, lead conversion, client fulfillment, turnkey, 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 absolutely replicable. We've now prepared ourselves to grow a business because a business in this logic tree is nothing other than a subset of up to seven turnkey practices. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Why seven? Seven because this scale of reach, meaning I can't manage more than seven. Okay. So to create a um, a business with eight practices is pushing against my ability to manage it most effectively. Mm-hmm. So we stop at seven. A business is seven practices, turnkey, plus a turnkey management system. See it. See it very, very clearly. Uh, nobody's you, ever, nobody's ever defined a business that way, Tim, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, it was. You've completely quantified it, and and this applies. Just to, to be clear, to any type of business,
1: does it, Michael? Anything, Tim? We've done it in every business phase on, on earth. Hmm. Every company on the face of the planet. The minute you begin to think like this and plug it into your brain to think like this, it's math.
0: I get it. It can apply to most because I look at my business, which is, I mean, I'm a podcaster and I speak at conferences. And for me, I mean, I'm, I, I have to show up to most things that I do.
1: Tim, that's because you called it a business. It's not a business. It's a job. It's a job. Tim, it's a job. Tim speaks. It's a job.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a good job. When you hear this when it speaks not tim it it's a business uh, so you have to go from tim speaks to it speaks hmm. you got it
0: yeah I got it i got it
1: the minute you see the possibility of doing that tim you have the ability to grow your company by immense numbers
0: is there a massive hurdle along this process, Michael, where yes. you're dealing with well, there's, <laughs> there's many the many hurdles, but I imagine a big one is ego, where the business owner goes.
1: Tim, you just you just called it. I said yeah, there is a massive obstacle in the way <laughs> and it's a guy we're talking to. yeah. <laughs> That's the massive obstacle.
0: So how do you overcome that? I'm, I'm, again I, it's only a four hour interview, so I'm conscious of time but,
1: <laughs> Tim but, but, you overcome that by being an aggravator. I just piss people off. What can I tell you? Understand, as they begin to see it, as you begin to see this, you can't deny what I'm saying.
0: No. You
1: can't. So,
0: So, Spend, how quickly can you aggravate me based on what I just told you?
1: Well, Tim, I just shared with you the next phase of growing from a job to a practice, to a business, to an enterprise. I just shared with you Mm. the hierarchy of growth that Tim Reed can apply to your existing company Mm -hmm. by creating a new model of the universe. But Tim Reed's in his own way. All you have to do, Tim, is stop thinking about old Co. Uh, And simply start playing with new Co.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice, nice. You follow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should write a book about this.
1: Yes, I know. You got it, Tim. (laughs) I heard you hear it.
0: Yeah, you did. You did. Beautiful. Uh, wow. Hey, hair's on the back of the shoulder right now, although I don't have any hair on my shoulder.
1: Step eight is, is is enterprise, right? Let me ask you a question. Go. How many people, when you go speak, do you typically have in the audience? Uh,
0: anywhere between uh, 100 and 800.
1: Okay. Well, that's a big between. 100 and Yeah.
0: Well, it is. Yeah, man. Are yeah. They're
1: just are conferences
0: of small business owners. So it could be no, anything. I got, I got it.
1: I yeah. got it. So I just want you to imagine just for the moment here, not big speaker comes to Wisconsin, hmm. but little big idea comes to Wisconsin in every one of the little cities in Wisconsin. Yep. And now you have turnkey scripting, a turnkey presentation a video, audio, speaker, performance, all turnkey. Mm -hmm. And now you're producing that in every community where there are a sufficient number of small businesses to justify it. Yeah. And the back end of that is what the business really is.
0: Yep. So the idea there, the, the, Oh, there's a lot of challenges, but the, ch- the main challenge is to find people who can deliver.
1: No, no. No, they, no the main challenge <laughs> is to create the system. Hmm. People are easy to find, Tim. Easy, 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 easy. You can do this in a heartbeat. Wow. People are easy to find. Well, people are. Oh, but gosh,
0: you know, yes, they are easy to find. Good people aren't.
1: Great people are easy to find. Love it. Who are great performers and yet they've never had the chance to do it. You're giving them a turnkey performance that you're going to train them to do. Selectively choosing them to go out and be a star. I get it. Come on. You kidding me? How many people want to be a star? Everybody. Yep. Yep. But with Tim's system. It's not only to be a star, it's to have a profound impact on small business worldwide.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I get it. And that's the enterprise. Is that right? When you get to that point, you've got the enterprise. Yeah, that's the
1: enterprise. Wow.
0: Boy, oh boy, Michael. Uh, It's not often I do an interview where uh, the penny drops. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's delightful, Tim. But, you know, the thing is, um, yeah. God, well, the thing is, there's just uh, there's too many questions to, to ask right now. We'll, we'll have to meet again. Can can I can we finish by uh, asking you five quickies, which are completely unrelated to what we've just spoken about?
1: Five quickies, and then we got to tell everybody how to get the book. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about that. Do not worry okay. about that.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even the book. I mean, I want them to know how to get um, beyond the e-myth. But you I'm actually it. interested in also, it's all very well to read a book, but there must be workshops around the world where one enters the dream room and comes out
1: with a with... – let me, let me tell you, on December 9th, 10th, and 11th in La Jolla, California, I'm leading my first – three-day dreaming room leading into Beyond the E-Myth, the program. So anybody who's listening to you and really, really is hot to get started, they can come hear me directly for three days, go through the dreaming room to discover their dream, their vision, their purpose, and their mission, and to get started beyond the E-Myth to transform the state of their lives and the world in what they choose and elect to do.
0: Is that program going to go worldwide? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Next year, 2017? Absolutely. Hmm. Australia? Absolutely. <laughs> not run by <laughs> Michael, not, not appearing, well, Michael Gerber won't be appearing, no, I'm no, guessing. No no, no,
1: no, 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 of course not. That's the that end of action.
0: Joke,
1: correct, correct. Uh,
0: Michael. So what are your five questions? What's the one bad habit you're trying to get rid of?
1: Oh, oh, eating good food.
0: Oh, yeah. What, 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 what's that go-to food that you just know you shouldn't go to?
1: Well, I, I just know I shouldn't do it. I just know I shouldn't do it. But, you know, when I've got so much on my mind and my imagination, yeah. and when I'm so turned on by good food, yeah, yeah, I just got to say no. I hear you. That's, that's the bad habit. What's at the top of your bucket list? Well, the top of my bucket list is to transform the state of small business worldwide to truly roll this out to millions of people in the world.
0: What about your per- What about your personal bucket list? Do you have a personal bucket list?
1: Um, to leave my wife when I finally leave her with hmm. the most magnificent life any woman could lead. I would like to leave my wife with what Ray Kroc left Joan Croc.
0: Yeah, what a legacy that was. Hey. Yep. Uh, what, what, what gives you a real belly laugh?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, you, you gave me a belly laugh. <laughs> yeah, there you I go. Get belly, I get a belly laugh all the time, Tim. I <laughs> me mean, too. things are so freaking funny. What can I tell you? <laughs> I'm yeah, with you. You just got to laugh. What's your favorite holiday destination? I don't have destinations. I don't have holidays that I go to celebrate. Um, I've never liked that. I've never really enjoyed travel. I travel all over the world. So unlike most people, I was a guy who went to Indonesia, Bali, Indonesia, Mm -hmm. spoke in the afternoon and got in the plane (laughs) that evening to come home. You are a homebody. Nobody does that.
0: (laughs) Good on you. Uh, Last one is who's the most famous person? I'm looking forward to this. Who's the most famous person you've ever met? My wife. Ah, oh, Michael, you are a romantic. Is L- she in the L- is she
1: in the room with you? <laughs> Louis Delia Gerber. Louis Delia Gerber, that's the one. Oh, that's and beautiful. And anybody out there, she's the CEO of our company. She's the most absolutely passionate, magnificent woman I have ever met. Mm. And she is so committed to my legacy. Mm. And that's where I come to saying every life is a legacy. Every small business is school. Hmm. And I want you, Tim, and every single person you know who's truly determined to have this profound of an impact on small business and the people in your country, everywhere in the world, to work with us and join us in our movement.
0: Well, you, you, the passion that you exude, Michael, uh, I have no doubt you'll achieve it. In order for people to be a part of the movement, am I right in saying they should head over to beyondemyth.com? Yeah,
1: beyondemyth.com, E-Myth, E-M-Y-T-H dot com. Or if they want to just reach me and say, I want to play your game, Michael, all they have to do is go to Gerber, G-E-R-B-E-R, at MichaelEGerber.com.
0: Fantastic. That's the that's your uh, that'll go to someone within the uh, within the enterprise.
1: Come to me and say Gerber. Somebody emailed you.
0: Love it. Love it, uh, Michael. It's been an absolute pleasure, and and thank you for doing uh, what you are doing for small businesses around the world. We need it.
1: Oh, thanks, Tim. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to meeting you.
0: There you go, team. Michael Gerber, Beyond the E-Myth. Did you enjoy that? How many times are you going to re-listen to that? Hey, I'd love to know. Surely more than once. I certainly have already. Now, coming up, I share my top three attention grabbers from that fireside chat with Michael Gerber. But first, here's a word from two businesses that want to help you build that beautiful business of yours into the empire Or the company of a thousand, it deserves to be. Support for this show comes from website experts, Web Central. If you've ever tried to get a website designed and developed, you'll know it can be a bit like pulling teeth. Ah! Verity Ma, Web Central's chief marketing officer, agrees. It's actually very time consuming. Because it's not just building it and getting it live if you want to run a successful online business you have to also manage it update it regularly with content optimize it for seo probably run some advertising on either search or facebook and so that's not what really you want to spend your time doing in your business you want to be focused on your customers and really converting those leads that you're getting from your website into true sales web central freeing you up to focus on getting that cash register ringing If you need your website updated, or maybe you just need a website, visit webcentral.com.au forward slash Timbo for some exclusive listener offers. The Small Business Big Marketing Show is also grateful for the support of Aussie-owned business designcrowd.com, the world's number one custom design marketplace where it's beautifully simple and cheap. I love cheap. To get a design you love, guaranteed. I asked founder Alec Lynch what problems DesignCrowd solved for us small business owners. Buying design has traditionally been an expensive process, a slow process and a risky process. DesignCrowd's crowdsourcing solution fixes those problems. DesignCrowd.com, a faster, cheaper, more creative way to get a custom logo, graphic or print design for your business. For a special VIP offer that can save you up to $100 on your first design, visit designcrowd.com forward slash Timbo. All righty. My top three attention grabbers from that wonderful chat with Michael Gerber. Attention grabber number one, it's pretty simple really. Go and read the e-myth if you haven't already and read beyond the e-myth you got to they you just got to have them in your business bookshelf alongside the boomerang effect that's a good book you can get that over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com hello uh, attention grabber number 2 I think the idea of sitting down and asking yourself what your new company or new co, as Michael puts it, would look like based on Michael's Emyth model, sounds like a pretty worthwhile exercise. Not working with what you've got, but starting with that white canvas and figuring out what does your company of one thousand look like, and you probably need Beyond the Emyth to, to do that. Attention grabber number three: Have a dream. I hear this a lot. In fact, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, um, I'll be interviewing, I have already done it actually, the guy who owns and built Canberra Airport, Australia's best airport. It's a family business, believe it or not. And one of the things he says in it is they had a dream to build the best airport in Australia, if not the world, and then work their way backwards. Very e myth like, huh? That's what grabbed my attention. What grabbed yours? Love to know. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 338 and let me know. Oh, yes. Here we go. I like this time of the uh, show. It's now time for... What have you got to lose? Yes, indeedly doodly. It's that time when I give you one simple yet effective marketing idea that you can go and implement immediately this show's finished. Like seriously, that's the criteria. An idea that won't cost you a fortune, if anything. This one costs a few cents. And might just generate you more awareness, more inquiry and ultimately more sales. Today's idea is to add live chat to your website. Now, don't freak out. Live chat is just that little box you see in the bottom corner of some websites, right? You can check out one in action over at cornerstonebusinesssolutions.com.au to see what they look like, maybe even give it a go, see if it works. Now, it's no surprise that you can learn a lot about your businesses by talking to your customers. And it seems like such a simple concept, doesn't it? Hey, talking to the customers, who would have thought? But it's crazy how many business owners fail to actually take the time to have that honest, open conversation. It's crazy. When was the last time you gave your customers the opportunity to feedback, to give you some constructive criticism? (laughs) Sounds scary. So, A lot of business owners end up making decisions based on assumptions that aren't always correct. If you want to grow your business and gain a better understanding of your precious customers, and who wouldn't, getting to know their pain points, their objections, their needs, you really need to take the time to talk to them. Unless you see your customers in person on a regular basis, I reckon it would be a really good idea to be a little bit more proactive when communicating with them. So putting live chat on your website is a really, really good thing to do. Here's three steps in order to do that. Number one, sign up and familiarize yourself with a live chat tool like Zopim, Zendesk, Freshdesk. There's a heap of them. Many have a free no obligation trial period and they're pretty inexpensive when you do sign up for them. I'll put some links in the show notes over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 338 for you to try out. Before you go live with it, Decide on who on your team is going to be in charge of managing and responding to the live chats, when you're going to make the live chat available to your visitors on your website, because you can turn it on and off, depending if someone's at the other end, and what your goals are. You should also, I'd suggest, come up with some clear guidelines that people can follow or refer to when responding to live chats. This is a pretty good job for a virtual assistant, by the way. You don't need to to do it as the business owner. You're not going to build a company of 1,000 if if you're sitting on the live chat, but a great job for a virtual assistant to do. Step three, launch live chat on your website. Let your customers know it exists, so market the fact that it's there, and see how the first month goes, and then reassess. There you go. Another simple, low-cost, and effective marketing idea to implement immediately. After all, what do you got to lose? That almost wraps up another episode of the Small Business Big Marketing Show. Now, I promise, unless something amazing comes my way, next week we will sit down and have a chat with the founder of Kent & Lime. A fascinating business, I've got to tell you, that's managed to create a very personalized clothing shopping experience that's done online and over the phone. Very cool little business, multi-million dollar business, by the way, run out of Australia. Now, a while back, I did chat with Siri. <laughs> seriously. I mean, seriously. You know what I mean? Actually, her name is Karen Jacobson. She's an Aussie. She lives in New York, who really is the voice of Apple Siri. Here she is talking about how she became a Siri.
1: I was asked to audition for a client who was looking for a native Australian female voiceover artist living in the northeast of the United States. Hello. And I read that brief and I was like, well, that's me. This is my job. It was one of those few times in my life where I've read a brief and thought, well, it's mine. And I went to the audition, they had me read a number of different
0: um, prompts for this audition and I got the job. And I found myself recording for almost 50 hours to
1: create a voice system, a text-to-speech voice system that was groundbreaking at the time. This was recorded in the year 2002.
0: Ah, that's a great story. To hear my full interview with Siri, I mean Karen, plus hundreds more, head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com or you can subscribe free on iTunes. Hey, I would love to hear from you, you know? because it's a two-way street, this podcasting thing. So feel free to email me immediately. Stop the show now, tim at timreid.com.au. Timreid, .au. Tell me what you're up to. Tell me what your biggest marketing challenge is. I would love to know that. That would be a really good thing to know, tim at timreid, .com, or you can hit me up on Twitter at Timbo reed. Hey, be sure to check out designcrowd.com forward slash Timbo. They're an ideal way to get any marketing touch points designed for that beautiful, beautiful business of yours. Plus, there's an exclusive listener offer waiting for you over there where you can save up to a hundred bucks on your first brief. And remember, getting a website you love shouldn't be like pulling teeth. Uh uh-uh. uh. So be sure to check out Web Central's offer over at webcentral.com.au forward slash Timbo if you'd like a custom website built and managed for you. If you love the show, pay it forward. Let someone else know about the Small Business Big Marketing Show. Until next week, I'm Timbo Reed. Always have been, always will be. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.